Hello, friends. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I'm going to share the audio from one of our XICF youth calls. The topic was having no fear of bad news, and that comes out of Psalm 112 in verse 7. Talking about the righteous person, it says, He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. And that is one of my favorite verses. I've just really grabbed onto that verse and used it so much throughout the last few years. When we lived in China, we had a three-story apartment, um, and it was at the top of a nine-story apartment building, and my office was on the third floor of this apartment. So every so often, I would hear someone screaming downstairs, maybe in the bottom floor of our apartment, or maybe outside, and I would get up to go see what was wrong, and I would just say this verse in my heart. I would say, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Because I knew no matter what, I went downstairs to see that it it was okay. I didn't have to be afraid that God was with me. I had the resources of the kingdom that Jesus had made available to me, that the kingdom of God was near to me because of what Jesus did for me. And so I didn't have to be afraid of any bad news. And so I could use that when I heard someone screaming downstairs. I could say, it's going to be all right. I have no fear of bad news. And then I could go check on the situation and figure out, you know, everything was fine. So You know, so many times in my life, regardless of what's going on, I can come back to this place and I can say, I have no fear of bad news. God is with me and uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and he is safe. So uh, that's what we talked about in this youth call. Let me pray for us. God, I pray that your word would come into our hearts and the Holy Spirit would make it come alive inside of us, that it would resonate with us because we belong to you, and that we would vibrate on the inside with the same frequency of your word, that we would come alive on the inside as we hear it, that it would change us and transform us and make us more like Jesus. Before we get started on that, you know, like in all of our cells, there's the the DNA code that tells the cell what to build and and how to be. And it's really super fascinating when you think about, you know, the Bible says that we were made, when, when we get born again, when we become a Christian, it says that our spirit becomes one spirit with the Lord and that we were created to become like Jesus. So it's like we have this spiritual DNA that is after the pattern of Jesus. And so slowly, we're all being transformed, the Bible says, from one degree of glory to another. So we're all growing up, we're all maturing. And the the, the, pa- the pattern that we're created to be, or, or that we're created after, is the pattern of Jesus. And so, you know, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more time we spend in His Word, then it's just like that DNA just multiplies and, and replicates. And it, we, we grow and it creates in us this character and this likeness of Jesus. Just like if you had a physical DNA and it knows to make a Daniel cell or a Megan cell or an, an, an Apple cell or a Heises cell or Apollo cell or a Hansen cell or a Daryl cell, each of our DNA knows what kind of cells to make. And it's according to the pattern of the DNA that we've inherited from our parents. But we have the spiritual DNA that's according to the pattern of Jesus. And its desire is to reproduce and to create a likeness of Christ on the inside of us. All right, let's start uh, Psalm 112. We'll just start reading Psalm 112, sorry. All right, 
praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His ver- his offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. El hombre de bien presta con generosidad y maneja con honradez sus negocios. So surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph over his adversaries. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Great. Awesome. So this is a psalm describing the righteous person. And what's really interesting to me about this psalm is that it's quoted in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, when Paul is talking about giving, he actually quotes from this psalm. He quotes verse 9 because he's talking about, well, let me, y'all don't have to go there, but I'll just, I'll just go there real quick. It talks about um, Paul's encouraging everyone to be generous. So he says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all, th- in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And now he quotes the psalm. He says, as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So Paul is coming to these Corinthians and he's encouraging them to be generous because he's going to take an offering for the poor Christians in Jerusalem uh, because there was a famine and the, the people in Jerusalem didn't have enough food. So the churches around the Gentile churches that were not Jewish were taking up money for these other brothers and sisters. And Paul was encouraging them to be generous. And when he does, he cites this description of the righteous person from Psalm 112. And so that's helpful to us because we can know that this is something that passes from the Old Covenant in the Old Testament to the New Covenant in the New Testament. So there are some things in the Psalms in the Old Covenant that don't pass into the new covenant. So Jesus comes and he makes a new covenant and Hebrews says that the old one is obsolete, but there are things that are still the same old covenant to new covenant. So like this description of a righteous person is apparently still the same because Paul still applies it in second Corinthians. But like, if you think of David's Psalm where he's uh, the Psalm that he writes after he committed adultery, where he says to God, he says, take not your Holy spirit from me. Well, that's not one that would pass into the new covenant because God has promised us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So in David's time, the Holy Spirit didn't indwell believers. It didn't indwell the Jewish people. It just like rested on them. So when someone was anointed king, the spirit would rest on that person. And so David had actually seen that the king before him, King Saul, the spirit of the Lord had actually departed from King Saul. 
And so King Saul had, he lost everything. He lost God's anointing. He lost God's favor. And then he lost his kingdom. And so David had witnessed that happen firsthand. You remember David was taken into King Saul's courts to play the harp for him when he was still just a boy. And so David had seen the torment that Saul had gone through when God's spirit had left him. And so David writes this psalm after he's committed this horrible sin. He's arranged the murder of this woman's husband. He's committed adultery with her. And he knows that he's done this horrible sin against God. And so he's begging God. He's saying, God, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. But if you fast forward to the new covenant, the Holy Spirit doesn't just like alight on us and and land on us. The Holy Spirit actually indwells us and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now there's not a physical temple where we go to do worship, but God lives inside of us and we are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit indwells us. And so God promises us in Hebrews chapter 13, he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we never have to be anxious or worried that because I committed this sin that God is going to leave me because Jesus paid the price to forgive all of our sins. And so when we look at this description of a righteous person, you know, there might be a a thought in our head that says, well, I'm not really righteous, so this can't be talking about me. But the Bible says that you are righteous that we've talked a lot about 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says that God made Christ to be sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus became sin for us and we become the righteousness of Christ. It's just a gift. God just gives it to us. He makes us righteous when we trust in Jesus. And that's what it means to be righteous by faith. It's not a righteousness of works where we, we do good things and then we become righteous. It's a righteousness of faith. So just like Jesus didn't do bad things to become sin, God made him to be sin in the same way we don't do good things to become righteous. God just makes us righteous. It's a free gift. And that's why we're saved by grace because we don't earn it. It's just grace. It's just a gift. Okay. So I say that to convince you that this passage can be a description of us now in the new covenant because we know that Paul cited it in the new covenant and we know that Jesus has made us righteous by faith. And so this is, all that was just introduction. We're leading up now to the main point I want to get at. Look with me at verse 7 of Psalm 112. Let's try this. Everyone unmute your microphone. We're all going to read it at the same time. It's going to be awesome. One, two, three, go. I did it perfectly. You guys all just like messed up. Daniel, you did it by yourself, and it's not perfect. And all of us were perfect, and you weren't the only one. You were the only one who wasn't. I was the only one that did it in the right language. That's impossible. Uh, so. That says that the righteous person is not afraid of bad news. And that's what I wanted to encourage y'all with tonight, that um, God has made us right. God has made us righteous. God has given us righteousness, so much righteousness that we are actually as Christ, we are just like Jesus to God. That's how big the gift of righteousness is. And so the Bible says that the righteous person is not afraid of bad news. And you'll notice it does not say that the righteous person never has any bad news come into his life or the righteous person never has any bad things happen. No, it says he's not afraid of bad news. So bad things still happen to righteous people. Righteous people still have to face bad news, but he's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. 
So we don't have to be afraid of bad news. There's nothing that can come into our life that God can't work for good. And, and again, I don't believe that God causes everything or that, uh, you know, God is behind um, the different tragedies or the different sicknesses or illnesses or I, I don't think everything that happens is God causing it to happen because God has given freedom to humans and humans do evil things. And so when something evil happens, we shouldn't say, oh, that's God at work because it's not. It's probably a person or it's the result of sin being in the world. So the earth is cursed and we get things like tsunamis and famines and all these things. And so it's not God doing those things. It's the result of people being free to choose. But the good news is the Bible says that God can work through all things. The Bible says that God works everything for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose in Romans chapter 8. So we can be confident that nothing can come into our lives that God can't work it for good. doesn't mean that God's causing it. It just means that God is able to turn the worst thing into a good thing. So uh, this verse is more famous, maybe. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Awesome. So I don't know if y'all would remember this, but when we talked about prayer, we talked about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. So praying in Jesus' name is not just tagging on a magic magic phrase at the end of our prayers, in Jesus' name, amen. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray according to the, the nature of Jesus. So in the Bible, a person's name is their nature. It's a description of what that person or a place, sometimes two places in the Bible when they were named, they were named for an event that happened in that place. So the name was a description of that place or description of that person. And so when it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. It's saying that the nature of who God is, God's nature is a strong tower for the righteous, that we know that God is a good God. And so we can run into him and we can be safe. That we know God is kind, God is loving, God is generous, that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And so we run into the Lord, we run into his nature, we run into what he is like. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And so I just wanted to share those two verses with you to remember to put those away because sooner or later, if you haven't already, you're going to have bad news come into your life. And I want you to remember that the righteous person is not afraid of bad news. We don't have to be afraid of bad news. And we can run into the name of the Lord, not just like a word, but we can run into his nature, his character, what God is like. We can run to God and we can be safe. 